Hello, my name is Dan, and I'm an American citizen. I'm 58 years old, born in 1960. I was born in Saginaw, Michigan, and I'm making this audio presentation today and entitling it The Next President. I don't believe the next president is a billionaire, casino owner, or a lifetime politician. I believe our next president will be a more common person and a true representative of the people. Over the past couple of years, I've been inspired to put together and deliver a message that hopefully will be embraced by those who listen to this message. And it's basically to tell everyone that we've been told that we have to uh, vote for a Democrat or a Republican as our president of the United States. And basically what's happened, if you look at our last five elections as an example, we've become the divided states of America. And what's ironic is we keep doing the same thing every four years, and we keep perpetuating that same division, and we expect different results. Some people define insanity by uh, keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. Well, I feel divinely inspired because I can't find any other explanation for this flood of information that's come over me to deliver an impactful message to basically try and accomplish three things. One, to try and motivate people to unite the nation. Two, to try and heal our nation's people. And three, to instill a true government by the people for the people. We had a great founding father, George Washington, who was our first independent president. In fact, in our history, believe it or not, he was our only independent president. And what George Washington told us was that watch out for partisan politics. If you subscribe to partisan politics, eventually you'll divide the nation. Well, I guess he was right because look where we are now. We're pretty much divided down the middle. They parade a whole stage full of candidates, but eventually it's narrowed down to one Democrat and one Republican. Now think about it. Each side is vying for their party and for their own political agenda, whatever that may be. One side is the liberal side and one side is the conservative side. And normally they're pretty extremely opposite. I'll give you an example. Immigration. There's one group that would like to round up every single illegal immigrant in the country and send them back to their country of origin. Round them up and send them home. There's another extreme opinion that we should call Ali Ali Oxen free and make them all citizens. Well, I believe that somewhere between 10 and 20% of the American people are really dying the wool on that side of that extreme right-wing agenda, and another 10 to 20% are on that extreme left side, leaving 60% plus of us Americans in the middle. We would probably opt for a more middle-of-the-road solution to the problem. For example... Many people immigrate to this country, whether legally or illegally, because they want a better way of life, because they want a job, because they, they want to work and support their family. And maybe the opportunity where they came from doesn't exist. Well, why not make a certain time period these people can come forward and present themselves to immigration? And if they qualify to apply for residency, allow them to apply for residency, make it comfortable for them to apply for residency. And after five years, they can qualified to become a citizen. Those that don't report, once they are found, they will be sent back to their country of origin. But that allows for people that have already been here and have families established here and have been working here for 15 or 20 years to actually have an opportunity to legally become a resident here. Now, that's just one idea, 
but it's a more middle-of-the-road approach than the two extremes. And I'm going to give you specific examples of how we can find that middle ground in all of the key important areas that are affecting our society today, from firearms to immigration to education, and touch on these different areas. I'm not an overly religious person, but I personally do believe in God, where I made some significant life changes over the last 25 years of my life. I've learned that I'm able to define God as I want to. It's not all hellfire and brimstone. It's not a particular denomination. It's more about spirituality and how I live and how I treat others. A friend told me, I don't know how we got on the subject, but we were talking recently, and he said, you know, back in the early days when Jesus was on the earth, he went from home to home and taught about love. He basically said, love your father, love your mother, love your sister and brother, love your fellow man, and the house would fill and then he'd go to another house and he'd start teaching them about love. And it was very simple. You know, I wonder if all the churches and denominations in our nation all just took that approach where everyone was welcome. And it made it so much easier for people to define what their understanding of their higher power is. I think the churches might fill, <laughs> might fill up, standing room only. I don't want to offend people that don't believe in God or maybe that are atheists or have different beliefs. But if you think about it, if we all just focused on that one concept of love, that might be the one way that we heal this nation. Everyone has had tragedies. Everyone has had setbacks. Everyone has lost a loved one or someone they know to cancer. It's become epidemic. 40% of our nation is a victim of violent crime. Every, you know people that have been hurt. I know someone has been murdered. 40%. 20% of those people are going to be a victim twice in their life. We live in a nation and in our big cities where we have fear, where we're desperately short on having enough police. Detroit needs 500 police officers right now, today. They don't have the manpower they need. I heard gunshots in my neighborhood in Detroit, and I called 911, and I was put on hold for an hour. I finally hung up. That shouldn't happen. Meanwhile, we have 800 military bases overseas. Now, the American people didn't get a vote on that, okay? If it was put to a vote, if we actually had a legitimate voice, and I'm going to tell you a way we can have one, we would vote to bring our troops home and protect our own borders and our own cities so that you could actually walk down the street at night and get an ice cream cone in any city in America and not be killed in a drive-by shooting. It's ridiculous that we have this kind of crime in our country. Meanwhile, we're being the world police and sending our military all over to 70 other countries. I think the last count was 1.5 million troops overseas. Well, right now, about one in four law enforcement officers in our nation are ex-military. What if that number was two in four? What if people came home from Afghanistan or wherever they're stationed, took an honorable discharge, spent a week at home with their family, rekindled, and then went to the police academy or became a state trooper or a sheriff deputy? Wouldn't that kind of raise the bar of our law enforcement? If you have men and women of respect and honor that are raised and put through the discipline required to be in the armed forces, wouldn't bringing them into our police ranks kind of raise the bar, kind of whip them into shape? Would we maybe see a decrease in corruption in our law enforcement ranks if we brought more ex-military in? Just an idea. I see a country where we again put our hand over our hearts and we say the Pledge of Allegiance. 
The Pledge of Allegiance seems to have escaped us. How do you unite a nation under one flag and do away with the pledge that unites the nation under one flag? I want to present to you some ideas about an independent people of an independent nation electing an independent, more middle-of-the-road president. Until we abandon party affiliation, until we abandon partisan politics and elect a person that truly is a representative of the people, we are never going to regain government by the people for the people. It's always going to be government by the party and vying for a Senate majority and stalemating our political process and one side arguing against the other side and the media fanning the flames. Now, I talked about giving the American people a voice, and I have a specific idea on how this can be done. I actually created a website, freedomone.com. And right now, it's just an American flag flying on the website. But the, the idea is to develop this website or a website into a national polling site. Here's how it could work. We have some of the most talented computer minds in the world here in the United States. We set this up, perhaps even using our voter registration ID card number and creating a password so that every registered voter can log in and participate in a simple yes or no poll question. This could be done weekly, monthly, whatever frequency we deem necessary. Basically, it allows the American people to participate and the masses will tell our political officials what we really want. You want to know if the American people want military overseas and, and have 800 military bases in 70 countries? Just ask us. I believe the majority will say no. Let's bring those troops home and help them protect our own high crime cities and our own borders. There's a way to create this, and I believe that over time, this will eventually become the way we vote. We have an opportunity to set up national systems. Having the states control how we vote and having hanging chads and recounts and all this dissension after the fact is not necessary. We have a way that we can do this all online. We can also institute federal safety programs that could greatly benefit us. For instance, right now, many states have a hunter safety program. Well, people that own firearms aren't necessarily interested in hunting. They're interested in personal protection. So why not have a national or United States firearm safety training program? This could be done by volunteer efforts. It could be retired military, retired state troopers, people like that that still want to help. Churches and schools donate the space to have these classes, and the student pays $20 for the book. So it doesn't have to be something that requires a big budget to administer. It can be done largely by a volunteer army. The same type of initiatives could be accomplished in boating safety, where we have a national program taught by retired Coast Guard, retired Navy. The same thing can happen with English as a second language. We have an opportunity through volunteer retired teachers to teach English as a second language. I was in a coffee shop in LaConnor, Washington, and I was sitting there talking to two elderly ladies having their coffee. I learned that they were retired teachers, and I said, do you ever get involved in teaching English? She goes, absolutely. We do. We volunteer and teach a course one night a week. And how great is that? It's not that we're trying to ram English down everyone's throat in this country, but I think it's important that we recognize for safety reasons that we have a common language. If there's a disaster of some sort, an earthquake, a tornado, a tsunami, a hurricane, it's important that we organize and that people can communicate in one language. Plus all our road signs and safety signs around train stations, airports, everything is, is all in English. 
We have a big unemployment problem in our nation, and we have an opportunity to fix that as well. I've traveled to other countries where they have very sophisticated train systems. I see people get on the train, take their bike on the train, and strap it to the wall, sit down next to their bike and have a cup of coffee, and then get off at their destination and ride their bike into work. I see business people getting their emails done on the way home from work on the train. So when they get home, they can actually play ball in the yard with the kids or do something with their wife or their husband. Compare that to rush hour traffic for an hour and a half and coming home in an angry mood and just give me a drink. I mean, we have an opportunity to build the most sophisticated rail system in the world and connect all our cities. How would you like to see your mother be able to go and visit the grandchildren two states away and not have to be strip searched by the TSA and pay $385 for an airline ticket when she can pay $125 and sit and look out the window and actually see America and have a much more enjoyable experience? Can you imagine how airline prices would drop if we had an alternative form of transportation like that? An electric train that took us everywhere? Less smog? There's so many things that we could implement if we just started to think outside the box and all band together and started to say, this is what we want. This is what the American people want. Do you know we have the ability as a nation to not have an electric bill anymore? I want you to look online at a city called Lancaster, California. They operate with a zero energy bill. It's completely solar. Okay, I realize they get a lot of sun in California, and there's some places that's not as conducive to solar power, but we have wind and other alternative energy and hydropower that we need to develop more. This city, every business, every resident, they don't pay an electric bill anymore. Imagine developing more and more solar power where every single home and building and school and municipality is its own freestanding power plant. With the addition of a battery system, in fact, Tesla makes a single battery that can power an entire house, and you use solar to regenerate the battery. You can also have a backup generator. It can be propane gas or diesel. And it can have an auto sensor that once the batteries get low, it automatically kicks on, starts up, tops off the batteries, and turns back off again. You don't even have to be home. How would you like to never lose your power again? Here's another thing we could be doing. We don't have a backup water supply. If there's an earthquake, for instance, in the West Coast, it fractures water lines and it interrupts water service. Well, why can't we implement a water collection system on our roof and it goes into a tank We can keep a 1,000 gallons of water and put treatment tablets in it from time to time to purify it. And if we ever need it, whether it just be to water our garden or wash our car or at times when there's water bans or restrictions, we have it. So why not do that on our schools and have backup water supply there and in our businesses? All this is within our grasp. All of this is within our reach on a national basis, and it creates jobs at the same time. I want to share a story about an event that happened in my life personally. When I was a junior in high school, 50 students were selected to go and participate in a program called People to People, a youth ambassador program that was founded by Dwight D. Eisenhower back in 1957. And the program was established to build good relations abroad with people in Europe. It was follow-up to World War II. So they're sending students and doing student exchange programs and a lot of homestays and things like that to build goodwill. It's a neat program and a fantastic opportunity. Unfortunately, in 1977, the cost of the program was like $2,500. Well, my dad worked for General Motors for most of his life, and he sold some of his stock so I could go on this program. I ended up being the only kid from my high school that got to go. I ended up with a group of about 30 students traveling through nine different countries in Europe over a 38-day period. It's one of the highlights of my life. 
We were greeted like we were royalty. People from the United States of America were treated with such respect. We were admired as a country at that particular time, and we were just greeted with open arms. I couldn't wait until someday I would have the opportunity to return to some of these countries and visit again on my own. And that opportunity happened back in 2011 when I sold my company and as a reward bought myself a trip to Europe and I spent a month traveling by train from country to country. I was first shocked when I went to the city of Berlin and saw that we still have Checkpoint Charlie in the street. That kind of floored me, that we still occupy a little booth in the street back from as far back as World War II. I was actually somewhat ashamed from the standpoint that people in Europe did not like America or Americans. When they found out I was from America, I wasn't treated. It was a totally different vibe and totally different feeling as what I had experienced as a youth ambassador going over there in the 70s. This image of America needs to change. It needs to change drastically. Occupying 70 countries with 800 bases, I would think that the countries we occupy, those people don't want us there. And I know if other countries such as Russia or North Korea or pick a country, wanted to have a military presence in our country, we wouldn't allow it. In summary, we've become the divided states of America. We continue to elect a Democrat or Republican president and split the nation. We have an opportunity in 2020 to think outside the box and elect a person, an independent person, who is going to be a voice of the people, who is going to truly try to instill government by the people for the people who is going to do everything they can to implement a national polling system that gives all registered voters, if not all Americans, an opportunity to voice their opinion and to say, this is what we really want. And we have an opportunity to elect politicians that will do our bidding and will truly act on behalf of the people so we can go back to what our Constitution provides for and our Bill of Rights provides for. George Washington warned us a long time ago Partisan politics will divide the nation, and that's what's happened. If we continue to keep doing what we've always done, we'll continue to get what we've always gotten. I want to share this little meditation for the day. About 20 years ago, I started getting the practice of spending a little time each morning in prayer, meditation, a little quiet time, certain readings that I enjoy and certain prayers that I memorize. I have a cup of coffee, and today's reading said the following. I will practice love because lack of love will block the way. I will try to see good in all people, those I like and also those who fret me and go against the grain. They are all children of God. I will try to give love. I will try to get along with all people because the more love I give away, the more I will have. We have to remember we're all in this together. We're all brothers and sisters, and the thing that connects us all is that we're all Americans. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. It doesn't matter what our religious beliefs are. It doesn't matter what our economic standing is or what we do for a living or where we live. We're all in this together. And united, we can win. Thank you for listening today.